Creativity Podcast. I'm your host, Mari Reesberg. Over the past several years, I've combined my degrees in acting and somatic psychology to share my sustaining creativity techniques with performers. And now I've decided to share it with a bigger audience that includes you. I believe we are all creative and this podcast is all about that. I'll be interviewing people from all backgrounds, ages, and creativity experiences to share just how creative we all are. Today, I'll be chatting with Aaron Whalen, communications skills consultant, founder of Compassionate Coaching, and an empathy infuser. Please enjoy Aaron Whalen. Welcome to the Sustaining Creativity Podcast. Today, I am here with Erin Whalen, communication skills consultant and empathy infuser. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Mari. I'm happy to be here. I'm super excited to hear more about what an empathy infuser is and communication skills consultant and to talk about creativity. But before we get to our creativity adventures, if you would take a couple of minutes and let our listeners know a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Well, I founded a company in the middle of the pandemic called (laughs) communication. Wait, it's not called communication. It's called compassionate coaching. Um, (laughs) Let me get that one right. And I come to this work after a long history of being a freelance actor. So I know we have that in common and I've been doing freelance acting since 2006 in the Washington DC area. And that's taken on a ton of different um, projects and forms and ways that I never even knew actors could make a living. And I kind of did it all. And then I took the things that I loved the most from that work that I was building as a freelancer and I put them into my company, Compassionate Coaching. Nice. So is Compassionate Coaching for anyone or is it geared specifically towards a certain person? That's a great question. So um, as a lot of entrepreneurs find, it took a minute to kind of figure out who my people are, who am I serving, how am I serving them? And so at the beginning, I was a little bit broader. I narrowed down and I've narrowed down several times now. So now it's it's very niched, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And I serve people in the bereavement and end of life world. So I work with professionals and volunteers who work in those spaces. So they may be chaplains or hospice nurses or people who volunteer, um, you know, to in the hospitals, um, people who work at the bedside of the dying, people who work as grief coaches. Those are the people I serve. That's amazing. And I think a population that may not have a lot of support in the world because they are supporting other people going through end of life and grief and loss. I'm so curious, how did you, how did that become your niche? What drew you to that population? That is, I mean, I could answer the long way or the short way. Um, Let me try the medium way and see how that works. But 
um, you know, the, the company is, is about two and a half years old. And as I mentioned earlier, I, it's been through a couple iterations already. I started kind of broadly as a life coach and started narrowing it down. I actually spent a lot of time in prayer trying to figure out like, okay, what, what am I being drawn to? Like, what is, what do I feel is, you know, I'm in my second half of life. I'm in my late forties now. So like, okay, time to hunker down and like, you know, live out my purpose a little bit. So both in prayer, but then also spending time just working through the different touchstones, I guess, in my life, the different moments or jobs or opportunities that I've had in the past 46 years of life to say, oh no, that was something like that, that thing or that conversation or that person or that relationship or that volunteer opportunity. Like, and I kind of just put them all together. And I said, what is, what are the themes? What is this all leading to? And I kept coming up with the world of, of grief. I came up with the world of, you know, helping professions, but, but more nuanced than that. And uh, it's, it's really interesting because I don't have um, a background in, in that particular work. Like I haven't worked in hospice. I haven't, you know, I don't have a medical background. I have a background helping medical professionals communicate more effectively from an acting perspective, but I don't have the clinical experience or education. So it, it just kind of was interesting to look at it. And and I came to it from from both that prayer and then like the, the journaling and kind of looking at my life and, and all the things that have led me to this point and trying to figure out like, what are all those touchstones? So that's, that's what I came up with. I love it. I mean, I love that. I like taking that retrospective of life and finding those themes. And I feel like mm-hmm. there's so much creativity that shows up in all of that and communication and all of those pieces. So it made it makes sense to me that that's how it all comes <laughs> together. But I'm so curious, what does it mean to you to be creative? Hmm. It's hard to describe, isn't it? It's like <laughs> I recently read. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce his name right, but Simon Sinek, and I, he wrote a yeah. book called Start with Why, and it's such a great book. But he talks about I think it's the limbic part of our brain that is the part that deals with emotions and like meaning like that part of our brain doesn't have access to language. It's like, and so, and so I think things like creativity, they're so hard to define. So I, you know, I'll try, but I also know that words really are limp when it comes to this type of defining, um, you know, I think of creativity from, from like, I, I can't help but think of it from like a spiritual perspective of like, we were created and we're made in the image of the creator. And so we are called to create, like, like we're given that capacity and that ability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's what I think of it in terms of words. Like, it's almost like a divine purpose to create. Like, it's almost like a like an alignment with the divine. Um, and then I think that you just, you know, back to the the concept of of not having words for it. I think you just know it when you experience it. Like, I, 
it's hard yeah. to say that's creativity or that's what being creative is. It's just like, you just know when you're there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it sounds what you kind of your definition of alignment with the divine. You, there isn't one way of being in mm. alignment. Yes. Experience of being in alignment with the divine. So yeah, that lends itself quite well to creativity because there's yeah. no one way to be creative. And yeah, No, thank goodness for that. Like, thank goodness we all have our different like gifts and purposes and ways of expression because otherwise like think of how boring it would be if the only creative outlet was like this one thing but there are so many there are just so many yeah and I love that that we can have so many expressions of creativity but when we have so many expressions of creativity I imagine you know we you I face challenges in our life in our creative experiences and expression what are some of the creative challenges that you have faced and then how did you navigate them? Hmm. You know, I think Maria, I almost have the opposite problem. I think I have like, I think I have a problem where I don't spend enough time in my creative self. Like I spend, I have been curse blessed with like a strong detail oriented, like organizational mind. And I think that that is like my driving force. Like when I wake up, I'm like, my to-do list, here we go. Like, let's go. And, and so I think I almost have the opposite problem of like, how do I turn that down, you know, Mm -hmm. off or down at least and, and focus on the creativity. So for me, I think perhaps unlike a lot of your other guests, like for me, it's more about how do I how do I turn that side down to make more room for the creativity and actually use the creativity for more problem solving? But um, I think one way I've been, I've been really focusing on like balance. Um, I mean, it's such a trendy thing, but, but really just balancing my days more, like instead of waiting for, you know, this or that big thing, like, why can't I space my days out? Like today, my mantra was space and grace, just like, I had a lot going on and I didn't want to fill the day too much. I was really looking forward to chatting with you and I wanted to have the energy for it and not like the last podcast episode of interview that I did was that was in the nighttime. I was like, not my best self. So I was like, no, I really need to like make sure I'm present. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> for me, it's like just finding those moments of rest and creativity throughout the day so that I can sustain myself and so that I can be creative and I can have a conversation that flows and so that I can um, just be present and be open to inspiration in the moment. How beautiful. I love that. I love space and grace as a mantra too. That sounds fantastic. But as you were talking, I I had this urge to kind of challenge you of like the waking up and having the to-do list or the task. If that brings you joy, couldn't that be creativity? Couldn't creative, like your joy of making a to-do list is a creative expression and experience. Yes. Challenge accepted. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think, you know, if everything has the opportunity to be creative, you know, people who build spreadsheets have that, mm. creative, which is not a creative expression I have in building a spreadsheet, but <laughs> for those that do, I support it. You know, <laughs> we need the spreadsheets, people <laughs> keep them coming, keep, keep them coming. No, that's, I mean, I'm looking down and like my, my like many colored markers, like, yeah, the days when I color code my to-do list, I do feel a little bit more creative. I think you're onto something here. Yeah. To-do lists get to be creative. They don't get to be boring. And... <laughs> so I love it. Well, with your experience of creativity what's your earliest memory of being creative I have a very distinct memory of being in first grade and we would have these like just single pages like papers to color and you know it might be like a snowman or I don't know a squirrel or a house and um, I guess busy work is probably what it was like, when the teacher needed a break. And I have this very distinct memory. And here it's like a perfect example of like my organized creativity. I would always, after I was done coloring, whatever the thing was, I would outline the object, you know, whether it was a house or a snowman or a squirrel, I would do a green marker or crayon and then a blue and then a purple and then I'd go green blue purple until I filled the entire page (laughs) so I was like I was definitely coloring in the lines I was like very organized child and yet I still had this desire to be like okay but I'm not done like I'm gonna do this other thing I'm gonna do this extra thing and it's still gonna be patterned but it's still gonna be something that you didn't ask me to do yeah, it's still gonna work within yeah. the structure and the picture. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love that everyone that I asked this question to has these very distinct moments of like, oh, this was the creativity that I experienced and expressed as a kid. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So you strike me as someone who you know, with kind of the theater background, the work that you do now, lots of things inspire you. Mm. What are some of the things that you are inspired by these days? I think um, music has always been something that like moves me or stirs me, I would say. Like my heart stirs with music. Um I'm a high introvert. Like I am like a pretty darn introverted person. If I take Myers-Briggs, I'm like INFJ all the way. High I. <laughs> like, but I've got to say, I am inspired by people and like mm-hmm. one-on-one conversations. I think it's like, it's just, it's literally wild. The people I'm meeting in this space of like grief, death, dying, like they are the loveliest, most heart led people on the planet. I mean, it makes sense, right. To say like, of course you're the person who wants to go like open a funeral home or be a grief coach or like, of course we, we need the people who are 
who are that heart led doing that work, but just frequently, often, always inspired by my conversations with them because I think, I think on a whole, they have this really great ability to go deep fast. And that is my jam. Like I, I love, you know, digging in, uncovering the layers, like getting into it and just really like soul to soul talking, right? However you want to call it heart to heart, soul to soul, whatever it is, but that really deep connection, I would have to say people, especially people in this, in this beautiful space of bereavement, death, dying, like just conversations with these people are what truly is so inspirational to me these days. I love it. I'm so curious, what are some of the, or what is the creativity that shows up within the grief and loss, death and dying arena? Mm. Well, part of what I'm trying to do and that what I am doing in that space is so I want to be there to like fill the cups of the people who are doing that work. Right. Because like they're often burned out, exhausted, you know, burning the candle at both ends, like not necessarily taking care of themselves as well as, you know, they maybe should or or could. Um, and so my goal is to bring creativity and life and filling the cups to them. Um, and so, for instance, one of the things I do, it's a, it's a particular art form called playback theater. Um, and it's it's an improvisational type of theater. It's been around about 50 years and it combines storytelling from like their stories, the quote unquote audience members stories, yeah. and then a professional troupe of actors and musicians will play back the people's stories and mm-hmm. elevate them and bring them to life with artistry. And so that is like my gift to them. Like, okay, you're like doing the hard thing that like only 0.01% of the people on the planet can do. Like, let me give you this gift. Let me fill your cup. Let me fill the cups of your staff, of your volunteers and give this gift because stories are so part of our DNA they're part of our like we need to share them we need to we need to be open about our stories we I think there's a lot of isolation that occurs especially with people in healthcare or people in this in this world of grief and death and dying and when you hear someone else's story you're like oh my gosh I'm not the only one like oh that I connect with her story I connect with that person's story And then the feeling of isolation can diminish. So that's what I'm trying to do, you know, is to bring the creativity to them through this art form, which, which uses storytelling. I love it. I love that. And how connected we are with that common humanity of story Mm -hmm. experiences, I think is very, very powerful. And now working within this group of people, I imagine you meet people who don't feel creative, who, mm. you know, oh, I could never do that. <laughs> do mm-hmm. creative. How would you encourage others to find some creativity in their life? You know, I was thinking about this today, Mari, because you, you know, you're, you're so generous and you share questions ahead of time for me to ponder and for your guests to ponder so that we can have a really fruitful conversation. 
And as I was thinking about it, I was making the bed and I was like, oh, like, I just have to ask myself a question. Like, how can I do this more creatively? Right. I mean, we do so many actions every day. We do so many things habitually. And if we just infuse that question, how can I do this more creatively? Like our brain is primed to solve problems. Like that's what our brain does. And so, and to answer questions. And so if we just ask our brain a question, we're going to start seeing creativity everywhere. If we start with making the bed or we start with, you know, how can I choose my outfit? How can I make the scrambled eggs today? How can I, you know, pack my kids lunch? Like, how can I do these things that are potentially mundane and habitual? How can I do them more creatively? And then once you start on that path, like your brain just opens up. And before you know it, you're like, oh, wow, we need new lighting in here. Like, it would be so lovely to have some color on the walls or, you know, whatever it is, or or you just, you know, all of a sudden you have a solution to a problem that you've been struggling with because your brain is like creatively looking for solutions. So I think the long answer was that. And the short answer is just like, just start asking your brain, like, how can I do this activity more creatively? I love that reminder. I mean, such a simple drop of how can I do this more creatively mm-hmm. and wait for what happened, like what comes or listen for for it or continue to ask the question in all of the things that you do. Do you find yourself asking that question to yourself or is this something that you just thought of as, like, oh, other people could do this? I just thought of it today as I was making the med. Like that was, that was the first time. I love it. Did it inspire you to make the bed more creatively? Absolutely. You have no idea. The bed looks amazing and is so creatively made today. (laughs) I love it. That's fantastic. Oh my goodness. And I love the reminder that even in mundane tasks, we can find some joy and some happiness and some creativity. So thank you for sharing that piece and reminders with all of us. And it has been such a treat to chat with you. I just have one last question. Sure. What does it feel like in your body to be creative? Ah, that's a beautiful question. Um, I mean, back to, you know, when we were first chatting, I think you know it when when you feel it. So I'm trying to like reconnect with that feeling. My body and I haven't always been the closest of friends. So I think like being really like cultivating awareness of how my body feels has been such a journey for me. Uh, I will say though, and this is like one of the touchstone moments of my life in 2010, that was the first time I ever did playback theater. And it's a very um, movement based, I'm not a trained dancer, but it's a very movement based art form. And so the very first time I experienced it was at a workshop where we were learning playback. And it was, it was one of those moments where, you know, you just know, like, as soon as you do something and you're like, Oh no, this is it. Like, this is, this is for me. Like, this is, I meant to do this. It was one of those moments and just the, like, I want to say joy. It was part joy of like, just moving my body in a way that felt aligned with 
what I was feeling on the inside, like being intentional about moving it. And also just this like purpose and alignment, like, oh no, like this is, this is an art form I can do. Like this is, I don't have to be, you know, a this or a that or a this, like, it's more about listening for this art form and embodiment and yeah. like getting to the heart, like the hard stuff that I love, the hard heart stuff. And um, yeah, so for me, it was like this very visceral in a good way, but a very visceral, joyful recognition, I would say that like, oh no, like this is, this is it. Like, this is meant to me to be for me. That is so beautiful. Cause I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Right. And I know our listeners can't see us, but the expansion you were doing with your arm <laughs> and your body. I get it. So thank you for sharing the visual piece with me and explaining it for the listeners. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. If people want to learn more about your company and the things that you do, how could they go about doing that? Well, you can just send me an email. So my website is www.compassionatecoaching.org, but just email me at Erin, E-R-I-N, at compassionatecoaching.org. I love to hear from people. I love having conversations. I love hearing, you know, what people thought or, you know, what's on their heart or I, I just, I love talking to people, even though I'm an introvert. So <laughs> just drop me a line. Perfect. Well, I will put your website in the show notes so people have easy access and they can find you there and send you an email and connect. And thank you again for taking the time to chat with me. It's been a pure pleasure. Thank you so much, Mari. I enjoyed our time together. For listening to the Sustaining Creativity Podcast. We'd love to keep in touch, so follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Sustaining Creativity. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Tag your friends and family so they can listen too. We love to hear from you, so leave your reviews, comments, and questions. Check out our website, sustainingcreativity.com, for upcoming offerings and creativity coaching. Tune in Tuesdays for our next episode. And remember, with creativity, anything's possible.